This podcast was recorded at State Library Victoria on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hello, how are you? All right, I think I've worked it out. Welcome to In Those Days. I am not with Christina Adams today, but I've got her on the phone. Hello, Christina. Hi, Penny. Yeah, we just... Hello, isn't technology wonderful? Oh, look, we're hoping it's wonderful. <laughs> okay, well, today it's a special episode because we're going to talk about uh, the festive season. We're going to talk about Christmas. Oh, that's very exciting, Penny. And how are you feeling about Christmas this year? Well, disorganised would be a, a good describing word. You're not ready for Christmas this year would be how I'm feeling. How about you? Uh, very much not ready. Extremely not ready. And uh, But, I mean, I'm not usually terribly organised. Are you usually organised? No. Every single year we say, do you know what? Next year we're not going to be in that mad rush. We will start shopping in September and we'll have a list and we'll just get moving. Um, every year we find ourselves with a couple of weeks left in all sorts of drama. So yeah. that's where we're at right now. Look, there are people, my um, mother-in-law I think just shops throughout the year when she sees things, she puts them aside. and uh, I think that's a sign of someone who's got a lot going on and probably has a really organised freezer as well, you know. No, no. No surprise guests would throw them off. She, They'd be ready for all, she all occasions. She is very good at meal planning. Yes, she always yes. knows what what, pe- what we're going to have in advance. I'd, I'd like a little bit more of that in my genetic profile <laughs> than I clearly do have. I bet your mum's organised. She's very organised. Lots of Ziploc bags at mum and dad's house and... Mm-hmm. Um, She'll often say that she's just, you know, had a quiet afternoon, so she reorganised the linen tub. I'm sure <laughs> the linen cupboard um, at their place always looks on point, so I'm not quite sure what you were reorganising, but okay. You know what I've started doing recently, and I'm very excited about it, um, mm-hmm. is I've started doing the thing where you put the sets inside one pillowcase. I have not heard of that exciting so technique. It is and really good. So if you have like, if you've got like the doona cover and the pillow sheets that match and maybe a sheet fitted sheet yeah. as well, then you put all of the rest, you fold up all the rest of the stuff into a pillowcase size and then put it in one pillowcase and then they kind of wow. just, it looks very neat in the cupboard. That's very game changer, isn't it? It is. I'd, maybe um, you could start a TikTok with all of your household um <laughs> Well, do you know the comedian Kirsty Webeck? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I follow her on um, on Twitter and she said it one day and it was like amazing. Wow. Do, do you remember okay. that? This is not about Christmas at all. Do you remember that sketch we did years and years ago? I was thinking of that <laughs> sketch, yes, about folding fitted sheets. Yes, it was a – we dropped a C-bomb live on stage <laughs> and my parents have never looked at me the same. <laughs> but it was one of the funniest things you've ever written. Like I remember you came up with that line and I was like, oh, that is very funny. I think yeah, was... uh, yeah, I thought it was funny because it was out of out of line with everything else we were saying. It was and I, tell you I don't like we... gratuitous swearing, but I I do appreciate a well placed one. Yeah, we came out in like aprons and we looked like kind of nineteen fifties housewives. Yeah, you said it, you said, Oh Penny, I find that fitted sheets are a to fold. <laughs> 
That's right. And then we then we tried to work out how to fold them. And I'd seen it on I think I think I'd seen Martha Stewart do it on Oprah or something. I'll get on I'll get on to Christmas. big topic. There's obviously a lot of articles in Trove about Christmas. I searched for Australian Christmas traditions. And right. That was really all I needed. Even though Australia only became a nation or a jumped up collection of colonies, as Milton would say, um, yes, in 1901, uh, it was still referred to as Australia sometimes before that. So I found articles back into the 1860s about an Australian Christmas. And because obviously when Europeans came to Australia, they brought their traditions with them, as well as, you know, ruining the traditions and lives of First Nations people, they also celebrated their own traditions. And one, okay. of, one of the biggest and I think most enduring Christmas traditions that we have here in Australia is um, actually whinging about Christmas. Yes. We do do that really well. A lot of complaining about Christmas and I found that definitely in the newspaper archives. So this is one article from Christmas 1879. I will say that in the 1870s, people are very, very wordy. It's very flowery. Okay. 27th of December 1879. Christmas. In Australia, Christmas has to contend more than any other festivity with the rupture of associations. In that sense, it becomes, in the antipodes of the old world, hopelessly exotic. Christmas customs are also winter customs, and when transplanted to our burning soil, they thaw inevitably and inexorably, and it requires the stoutest determination to preserve them at all. Undeniably, the sportive spirit of the season suffers. A jolly abandon is the very essence of it. And no two frames of mind could have less compatibility than determination and abandon. So that's basically just a big whinge about how it's hot at Christmas. I I did like the term jolly abandon. I think that does sum up everyone's approach to eating on Christmas Day. (laughs) There is a fair bit of jolly abandon. like, well, fuck it, it's Christmas, just eat it, it's fine. (laughs) I have had most of my life's Christmases have been hot, so I'm, like, completely used to it. Have you ever had a Northern Hemisphere Christmas? No, I have not. I have always been in Victoria at Christmas time. I've never never been elsewhere, but you have. I had two, but I really wanted it to snow. I was in at one time I was in Washington DC and the other time we actually went to Mexico City, I think, for Christmas on Christmas Day, which was really weird. But yeah. it, it didn't when I was in DC, I was really hoping it would snow. It didn't. But the thing that when I was in America, it happened so many times that Americans, I'd be talking to them about something and then all of a sudden like they'd have this light bulb moment and they'd go, oh, it must be, it must be hot at Christmas oh, in Australia. this sudden revelation. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> here it is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, because... I, I guess we're all just so used to the idea of the, the image of Christmas of like the Santa and the cold and the snow and stuff. Is, is Yeah, the snow, yes. It's very different from what actually happens and we're all just completely used to that. It is It is quite weird. It's like we have our own little alternative just happening down in the Southern Hemisphere that the rest of the world sort of forgets about. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing is imagined. I mean, I don't, you know, like there's a lot of imagination involved in Christmas anyway, so... Well, that's right. I mean, it doesn't really matter where the, the man in the red suit 
visiting, it's still a bit far-fetched, whether it's hot or cold, really. (laughs) But anyway, this article does go on. Um, And uh, Trail says, An Australian Christmas can never be organised into even a faint resemblance of an English one. What is Christmas? Without the grey or steely sky, the grim twilight and long black night, how can the roaring yule log, the mighty baron of beef, the tremendous pudding in its fiery shroud of flaming spirits, the reeking wassail bowl, do you know what a wassail bowl is? No. It actually sounds really nice. It's like a mulled wine, a bowl of mulled wine that you sort of carry around. Oh, well, that sounds pleasant. When you're singing and annoying the neighbours. Look, it, it does sound like a nice idea, but I would not like to have one in December. No, probably a June, July. Extravagant. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, the reeking wassail bowl will be suggestive of comfort in a country where the thermometer oft times marks 90 degrees in the shade at Christmas time and where instead of trusting robin red breasts and blackbirds tamed by hunger flocking before the window for a lean – sorry, this is a big word for me – for a lemocinary crumbs – Wow. Mm. A host of bloodthirsty mosquitoes settle upon perspiring guests. Yes, he's a bit jaded, isn't he? He's not selling it. He doesn't make it sound like no, very he's nice. No, the old country. <laughs> day. This bit, I actually, this is an interesting, I think this tells us more about him than it does about Christmas in Australia. Charity may be awakened by the frosty little feet of poor children and the painful shiverings of thinly clad age, and generosity may arouse to warm the distressed with glowing fires. But everything here is unfavourable to such adventitious spurs to humanitarianism. Panting mankind can scarcely help envying ragged penury, the luxury of self-ventilating clothes. And if the wretched are too warm to be entirely comfortable, so too are the rich and powerful. And the idea of alleviating this sort of suffering by throwing open a commodious refrigerating chamber to all comers is too tremendously novel to be entertained. Oh, God. Yeah. So basically you can't feel sorry for anyone when you're hot. Oh. No, no. It's got a definite ghost of Christmas past feel about it, his attitude. Yeah, he's, he's kind of basically going, look, I was hot. I couldn't have any empathy for anyone, which would basically. No, and why were we eating plum pudding and it was 35 yeah, degrees? Yeah, exactly. There were some poor people I didn't give a shit because, like, I was sweating. Yeah, maybe I, was, that... I was conflicted whether to have a hot or cold meal. I don't know. <laughs> And I mean, maybe that does explain colonialism. Like that, that's how it happened. Oh, we were hot. In some flowery terms. Yeah, yeah. we were hot. So we sort of forgot our empathy. <laughs> yeah, we didn't realise that we were people because we were hot. Okay, but, and although it's funny at the end when he says, oh, you can't just throw open a commodious refrigerating chamber. I tell you what, you can nowadays with air conditioning. You condition. can. You absolutely You're can. welcome to my air-conditioned house. Please come in. And many a Christmas location has been decided based on air conditioning. Yeah, whose house is the least offensive climate-wise? Anyway, this guy then goes on. He His other complaints about Christmas in Australia is that there's no mistletoe oh. and that causes a problem because people have been, young men have just been using any old shrub to kiss under and then people have been Ew. getting, getting cross. kissing under a shrub? Well, they just <laughs> hold up any old twig and then they kiss the girl and then everyone goes, oh, when are you getting married? And it's really oh. awkward. Like that's literally. I think that's probably a deeper issue in society than than <laughs> the lack of mistletoe. 
That's what's going on. Ew. You can't have empathy and you can't um, sexually harass people with impunity. It's it's terrible here in Australia. Yeah, terrible time of the year. Um, And then he also says it's too hot for ghost stories. I don't think ghost stories are really much of a tradition here, so maybe he's right. Yeah, I I don't think we we tend to focus on those over here, do we? Not not at Christmas time, no. So that was in 1879. Now, nearly 15 years later, uh, Australians are still not very happy with Christmas. This Mm. is an article from the Adelaide Register, which was published on the 13th of December 1901. And it's called Christmas Pudding Reform. (laughs) The ideal way of spending Christmas Day in a country where the festive season falls in the midst of summer has yet to be discovered. Similar theme. Yeah. Certainly it should differ in many important respects from the conventional mode of keeping holiday and partaking of good cheer as practised by the British race in their original home. The principal feature of an Australian Christmas which needs reforming is the dinner and particularly the pudding portion of that fearful and wonderful repast. Now, Christina, pudding, what are your thoughts? Because it is controversial. Look, I... I still quite like a pudding on Christmas Day, I have to say. I do. But it it is always up for debate in our family. I know know we have had some here, so we've had an ice cream pudding. And how did people feel? Mixed emotions. (laughs) And, and I mean, I'm sure this happens in your family as well. People do get quite heightened with with food choices and menu (laughs) selections around this time of year. I think if it was left up to my mum, we would have been planning solidly since October, but I've been pushing that out further and further because I suppose probably into the last ten years or so we, we did the big shift from the the hot meal to yes. the to the cold meal, and and now we sort of hover between the two. We have some hot dishes and some cold dishes now. Yeah, well, what we have done a few times is had there's some things that are cooked in the oven, but the, it's like it's been mainly salad to go with it. Yeah. And not roast vegetables. <laughs> I remember one year when we were having it at our house and we, I'd planned this. This is what we were doing. It was all organised. Everyone was bringing stuff. And then just at the last minute, <laughs> Lincoln goes, no, my dad won't cope without roast potatoes. And yeah, I was that- like, really? I have never got the impression from your dad that he's particularly inflexible or that roast potatoes are super, super important to him. Anyway, I put my foot down. I said, rubbish, he will cope. Um, Let's watch him. And he did cope. I don't know if he got home and cried, but on the day he held it together. Well, that is interesting because roast potatoes have been a contentious menu item here (laughs) as well. So... Similarly, my dad apparently won't cope without roast potatoes, but I'm sort of I'm sort of on team roast potatoes, so I'm also quite keen. I mean, they are for roast potatoes. They are good. They are good. I think they are good. I, but I, my aunt apparently doesn't like roast potatoes, and I'm not quite sure where that's come from because I've seen her eat them quite happily. No, but again, it creates controversy because you know people have their things that they're attached to. I, I've get really focused on there must be dinner rolls for Christmas. I don't know why. I never buy them any other time of the year. <laughs> but if there are no dinner rolls, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, I look, I love dinner rolls. They're good. And, and particularly, 
you've got to buy enough so that you get some leftover ones to have with, with leftover food from Christmas Day. It's very pleasing. Actually, this is a good idea. I might I might introduce it this year. Yeah. Become obsessive about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just say you won't cope if there aren't. Penny right. won't cope <laughs> if there's not dinner rolls. No, exactly. She's, she's put her foot down. <laughs> Okay, now this is the article goes on to give a recipe for John Bull's own plum pudding. And right. This is the recipe. It's one pound of suet. I don't know what Ooh. suet is. Do you know what suet is? It's animal fat. Oh, good. One pound. So healthy for all. <laughs> one pound of moist sugar. I don't know what moist sugar is. They're living in, in Queensland again. I don't know. Is it like brown sugar? Don't know. One pound each of currants. Ordinary raisins. There's no need to be splashing out on extraordinary raisins. No, no one needed superior raisins. Not special raisins, just the ordinary ones. Don't get up yourself. Yeah, don't go, don't go crazy. And sultana raisins. One pound of candy peel, half a pound each of breadcrumbs and flour, one teaspoonful of salt and one of mixed spice, eight eggs, that's a lot of eggs, and a quarter pint of brandy. When the pudding has been made, mixed and tied, down in a scalded and floured cloth. It is then boiled for 13 hours. And my That's God, if something has been boiled for 13 hours, you know it's good. Yeah, it's really melted that suet in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds gross. And that was, that was another controversial ingredient you listed earlier too, the candy peel. Oh. Not everyone likes it. Yeah. No, it's a dividing ingredient. It's it's not not something I'm a fan of. So you say no. I say no to the peel. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> this passed round in blazing spirit as the conclusion of a meal which has included sirloin of beef and turkey, served as hot and as fat as possible, is enough on an Australian Christmas day with a thermometer at 100 in the shade to make a man for swear Christmas dinners for the remainder of his life. Now... <coughs> You're a vegetarian, Christina. Is that that's well? Or look, I'm hypocritical because I, I do eat seafood. So, um, yeah. So I guess because of my dietary choices, everyone else has had to no, fall it, into Everyone life. else can't have good old fashioned suet in their pudding. No suet for you. No duck fat potatoes either. So no sirloin. Um, of, well, they can have the sirloin of beef. What do you have? What's your special? So. Dad and I are the only two people that like oysters, so we become quite fixated on on that as an idea. And Christina so and Ian will our oysters. Yeah, so we just sit and keep going. Why doesn't anyone else want an oyster? And we know no one else eats them, but we, you know, make a big song and dance over it every <laughs> year. Uh, we we usually have some prawns and some smoked salmon, and then. There will be like lots of salads and, and veggies and so on. I have noticed a bit of a trend for some more meat creeping in, which always lights my mother's face up. She, mm. she loves getting getting that across the line. So usually, oh, actually, we've started doing like a big piece of salmon that we might cook as well. So it, to be honest, it doesn't really feel like there's a lot holding the meal together in terms of a the theme. It's just sort of a well, I like this last year, so I'm doing this again kind of thing. We're, we're a bit loose like that. I think that's nice. Mm, I and I like to have great. lots and lots of nibbles beforehand. I, I like <laughs> to go a little bit over the top with pre-dinner food. I don't know why that's so exciting, but it really is. 
And do you usually go to your parents' house or do they come to no, you? No, we've or? been hosting it down here for quite a few years now, which has been quite good because mum and dad will come and stay. That's relaxing. Um, yes, mostly. Uh, <laughs> um, well, not having but, to drive so is relaxing. Yeah, exactly. And I think they bring an awful lot of food and wine down with them and it's good because I guess they're here from Christmas or they're here Christmas Eve and then we'll all sort of prepare food in the morning, Christmas morning and, you know, get get in each other's spaces in the kitchen, all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, what about you? Where are you um, having Christmas? We're going to George's, my sister's again this year. Right. And then doing something else on Boxing Day as well because my sister's not in her normal house so it's not quite as big. So um, we have all benefited very greatly from my sister's husband being a very, very good cook and a very enthusiastic one. I was going to say that. Yes, I I knew that Lou was very excited by all things culinary so I was wondering if he sort of took – charge of a lot of the cooking. Yeah, we're very lucky. I mean, I am doing – oh, I'm not making it. I have done desserts and stuff. Uh, I yeah. often do dessert. What do you make for, for Christmas dessert, Penny? Well, I don't do a pudding. I don't like them. Um, but often there is a right. pudding as well, like someone else does that. But um, I have – because yeah. my sister Georgina, she's gluten-free, so we um, – Oh, there's always one. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> – that. I quite like that. That's a parameter. You know, you got to – Yeah. You know, as otherwise it's a it's a huge like the choice is too big. But if it has to be gluten free, so often it's got something to do with meringue. Last year I made a cake and I really cracked it because it was on a oh. lean. I just got really angry about it because it'd been yeah. a lot of I work, look- and then it tasted good and it was fine if you sort of tilted your head. But I just was really cross at it. Like I just thought. But I think that happens at Christmas time. You become irrationally invested in what <laughs> yeah, you're making. Exactly. And then just if it doesn't turn out exactly like Donna Hayes version or whatever, <laughs> you just get a little bit frustrated. It's like the whole year catches up with you emotionally yeah, and it's all channeled at that failed piece of cooking. This, you're is, like, all, this is all my failures. Yeah, this is COVID lockdown in a cake. This, <laughs> exactly. is, this is where we're at. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to keep going in this article because it, it actually gets quite offensive now. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, yet in that gracious and hallowed season, when all are bent on doing their best to brighten the lot of others, the considerate husband who knows how much loving care his wife has bestowed upon the preparation of a British Christmas dinner of the ancient type tries hard to eat heartily and to look as if he's enjoyed it. He he makes a few preliminary inquiries from the partner of his joys and sorrows regarding the direction in which the pay streaks of silver coin run through the steaming mass of pudding, and by this cautious prospecting, he succeeds in rewarding the search of the youngsters without absolutely ruining their digestions with a surfeit of the indigestible. I think that's all about him cutting the pudding and trying to – I think they used to just throw a whole lot of coins and whatnot in the pudding. Yeah, I remember we did that when I was younger, but that hasn't featured for a very long time now. Yeah, there was probably a bit of lead poisoning or something. Mm. (laughs) Probably, yeah. If the weather be sufficiently hot, however, even a small portion of old-fashioned Christmas dinner will make mischief in the Australian human system. 
Boxing Day Headache is a recognised institution not only with those whose conviviality leads them to imbibe too much liquid refreshment, but also among those who have merely made conscientious efforts to absorb an old-style Christmas pudding. So how do you feel about sure. Boxing Day, Christina? Because I hate, I don't like it. I think it's a great lazy day, mm. but it's a bit of a nothing day, really. It just feels like it's the, the day of leftovers. It's and... a big old anticlimax for me, usually. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, the excitement's mm. over. You know, when you're little and you've got lots of presents, you probably spend a bit of quality time with them on Boxing Day, but... You know, looking through your vouchers or whatever's not quite as exciting. Do you do Boxing Day sales or anything? No, I could not think of anything worse. No. Do, do you? No. Although one time we did go to the Selvos because we like everyone in my family quite likes op shop shopping, and they, yeah, yeah. So we went anyway. So one time, have I told you this? No. <laughs> Me and Bonnie set off. We were going to meet the other half of the family. So me and one of my sisters was going to, we were going to go meet mum and the other sisters at a Selvos and it was meant to be in Ringwood. So we get in the car, I'm driving, Bonnie puts the address in her phone, she's telling me where to go. Anyway, we get to the Selvos, we get out, we go in, we're shopping, shopping and then we're like, oh, the others aren't here, they should be here. So we called (laughs) and they're like, no, we're here and we're like, where? Where? Anyway, it turned out we were not in Ringwood. Um, we were in Greenwood. Oh, excellent. We were in you were Gre- at a we're completely in- random salvo. Yeah, we're in Greensboro, which is really not. You're not really close. Not close. And I've lived in Melbourne for a long time, so I probably should have realised that I wasn't in. Yeah, you hadn't passed Ringwood. Eastland or any of those No. Um, I had noticed that we'd gone a different way, but I hadn't been to this anyway. That was my excuse. So anyway, we're like, oh, it's all right. Get back in the car. We'll drive over to the Ringwood Salvo. So yeah. <laughs> we get in, but he's giving me instructions. And Ringwood is like a sort of, a, it's a outer suburb of Melbourne. And we're going a bit of a funny way, but I've never driven from Greensboro to Ringwood. I didn't know. And then all of us, I was like, shouldn't we be there pretty soon? And Bonnie's like, mm, Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Bonnie just goes, oh, no. And I'm like, what, Bonnie? And she goes, I can see a tram. Oh, God. And Where were you? We were in um, Coburg, which right. is not. Is this one of the reasons you don't drive very often? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so then we had to tell the family that we weren't going to make it <laughs> because after no, that, I was, was just no, like, I can't. No, I would have been all right after that. No Boxing Day catch-up required. And then and everyone, like, we laughed a lot. But And Bonnie, my sister Bonnie has got, like, a, a kind of a family history of doing this sort of thing, um, of getting yeah. lost. But I was, everyone actually blamed me. <laughs> Yes. They're like, Penny, you live oh, in Melbourne. God. Why did you keep following her instructions? You should have known. And I was like, oh, I just wanted to give her a chance. <laughs> I was just rooting for her. I really wanted her to get, get it through. Anyway, so that is what happened the time I tried to go to the Boxing Day sales. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Boxing Day is a nothing day. All right. Well, this article continues. The miseries caused by the two slavish attempt to transplant winter customs into the Australian Christmas are almost calculable. A wide field of useful 
usefulness is obviously open for the ingenuity and labour of some gifted Australian woman who shall devise and introduce the right sort of Christmas dinner for the southern climate. It must, of course, retain something of the time-sanctioned appearance of the John Bull Festival repast, but still must deal as much as possible with cold meats and plain puddings, cooling drinks and open-air ceremonial. If any Australian woman could but accomplish for the people of the Commonwealth this much-needed reform, her reward in the gratitude of Australians would be great indeed. Her children would rise up and call her blessed, even if the doctors and the chemists disapproved of her. I think that's (laughs) because they want everyone to be miserable and need drugs. Yeah. In their love for perpetuating the old English Christmas sentiment, men have been as much to blame for the anomaly anomalies oh, of the good. summer Christmas dinner as the women. I think that's not a gender issue, really. This is very big of this writer to admit that. But in this matter, mm. the skill of the reforming genius woman must be displayed. She must enact oh. a truly pious fraud upon those for whom she caters for by making the pudding look like the old John Bull winter variety, and yet she must give wholesome summer summer victuals all the same. Oh, this must be cue the ice cream Christmas pudding. Well, you're close, Christina, but not quite because people did start coming up with recipes uh, for Australian Christmas fare, but it wasn't ice cream found some uh, quite a number of recipes but there was one article that had heaps of them um all the recipes have a particular theme right that i think you'll you'll get pretty pretty soon so this article is from the newcastle morning herald from 19 24th of december 1935 which is really leaving you run a bit late if you're planning your menu on the 24th of december but anyway um, it sounds like me (laughs) that article would be very helpful to me So this article is titled An Australian Christmas Dinner, Cold Dishes for Choice. And she starts off saying, the writer says, the dinner should be cold, basically. The same thing that everyone's always whinging about. Then she has some suggestions. This is for a salad. It's a Viennese salad. Cook three cupfuls of tomato pulp with one bay leaf. Four cloves, three teaspoonfuls of sugar, one teaspoonful of salt, and one small teaspoonful of mustard. I think that's okay. I don't really see how it sort of sounds like a pasta sauce. Yeah, it's not a salad yet, but it's fine. Yeah, okay. When cooked, remove the bay leaf and add two dessert spoonfuls of gelatin <laughs> dissolved in half Ew. a cupful of hot water. Place slices of hard-boiled egg in individual moulds. Stand four or five asparagus tips round the side. Oh, festive. And add the tomato mixture. When set, turn out and serve with seasoned cream and lettuce hearts. Oh, that's filthy. So it's basically, it's a jelly salad. With some sticks of asparagus coming out the side. No, there is just no need. There is never a need to set something with gelatin. I just don't Um, feel we need it. So, I what can I tempt you with a chicken mold? Oh, here's another recipe: simmer a chicken in water. Has it got aspic in it? (laughs) 
There are definitely aspic recipes in this article, yes. Simmer chicken in water or stock with seasoning to taste until tender. Allow to become cold and remove the meat from the bones. Remove fat from the chicken stock, strain and measure. Dissolve one dessert spoonful of gelatin in in each half pint of stock. Add a little lemon juice. Pour a little into a plain mould. When firm, arrange slices of hard-boiled egg and gherkins. Because is it a jelly oh. without some hard-boiled egg? Look, it, I mean, you've got to make it look nice. Exactly. And what is more festive than a hard-boiled egg? Chop chicken meat oh. with four ounces of cooked ham. Put into the mould. Add, <clears throat> add the rest of the liquid. Turn out when set and garnish with slices of tomato, lemon, beetroot and sprig of parsley. Oh. Yum, 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 yum. It's getting bleak, isn't it? Okay. Plum pudding. This is the suggestion, not an ice cream d- dessert. This is the suggestion for the alternative to a hot plum pudding. Place three cupfuls of milk and three tablespoonfuls of cocoa in a saucepan. Bring to the boil. So far, I'm okay. It's fine so far. Add four ounces of chopped nuts and citron peel. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Half. I could omit that for something else. (laughs) Half a cupful of chopped raisins, half a cupful of chopped figs, and half a cupful (laughs) of chopped preserved ginger. I hate preserved ginger, so that's not for me. No. Sweeten to taste with four ounces of sugar and add a pinch of salt. Allow to cool and then add three <gasps> dessert spoonfuls of gelatin. <laughs> Dissolve. Excellent. There should be no movement in your dessert. <laughs> exactly. It's a jelly, but it should be structural. Yes, yeah, structural be able, jelly. should be able to build a house on this pudding. Exactly, or at least rest a teacup and saucer on it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, <laughs> dissolved in quarter of a cupful of hot water. Stir all well together and then flavour with half a teaspoonful of vanilla essence. Pour into a mould and allow to set. Turn out oh. and decorate each helping with a sprig of holly, served with whipped sweetened cream. So it's a jelly pudding. What's wrong with a cake <laughs> if it's hot? If, if the issue is you don't want a hot pudding, just have a cake. Why do we need to well, have a exactly. cold, nasty gelatin pudding? You can make it the day before. And so basically when at this time when people thought let's do a cold Christmas, they just jellified everything. Oh, just, just so bleak. You know, if, if you still want your meat, just have it cold. There's a thought. Oh. I guess if you were just eating all of these savoury jellies all the time, maybe you get used to it. I don't know. Well, if the complaint in the original guy's article was that you you get weird digestive issues, <laughs> like I don't I don't think consuming your body weight in gelatin is going to do wonderful things for your digestive. <laughs> That's a really good point. I think the chemists yeah. and the doctors are going to do just fine on Boxing Day. I think they will. And to be honest, if you were eating that, you would have to drink a hell of a lot of alcohol to get that down. Do you have anything else to say about Christmas? I don't really. I just need to get organised and I've left my run too late to do that online so I will have to go live and in person to the shop. That is the annoying thing, isn't it, when you think, oh, if I just had it done this three weeks ago. Yeah, even two weeks ago. Yeah. I could have pulled it together but I haven't, have I? <laughs> I don't know. Just disappointed in myself. <laughs> well, I think that's what I discovered from um, looking in Trove, a lot of whinging about Christmas and – 
I'm we happy. are a pack of whingers in I this am country, aren't we? Very happy to keep that grand old tradition going. I would love to know when people started complaining about Christmas being earlier each year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because it might. I think it's funny because it, when you're a kid, it just feels like it. It takes forever to come around, and now it just feels like we had Christmas three months ago. And I guess it is a proportionally a smaller portion of your life. Mm, disturbing. Because it's only going to get quicker and quicker. Christmas can be every two weeks yep. by the time we're in our 90s. Yeah, because something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, Christmas in nursing homes. They try. Oh, they do try. You know, I feel like some gelatin might creep into that menu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some people must have liked it back in the day because um, Julia Childs used to use a lot. I mean, she was a great chef and she used a lot of aspects. Yeah. I think it just seemed to be the fallback ingredient. And I guess if you, I mean, if you did eat it all the time, maybe you wouldn't just have that because uh, just savoury jelly, It just you just don't come across it now. And if you do, you probably go in the opposite direction. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so there's a lot to look forward to. There is. There is a lot to look forward to. Coming up, and I hope you have a very nice festive season. Thanks, Penny. You too. I wonder if that's recorded. That'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, or else we just had a themed conversation. Worst case scenario, I got to spend some time in a room by myself. <laughs> <laughs>